This week for your Cultural Affairs Radio Magazine, produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. All right, the show is written, produced, and broadcasting live from right here in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory known to settlers as the Bay Area. And on tonight's segment, is being produced here by the one and only Dat Boy Media and myself, David De La Gran. Tonight, we're continuing our conversation about co the colorism series. As y'all may remember, we had our first show back in November introducing what colorism is. Now we're talking about it, how it affects our day-to-day -day life, and how we can come up with some solutions. Right. We brought together two poets and authors of color, and they will be joining us for a panel-type discussion on what does colorism mean to them? And does it show up in our communities? Uh, will there be any solutions to fix it? Plus, we have a giveaway and later during the show. So sit back and get ready and think. Think on it. This is Do Rags and Conversations. A conversation about colorism. Part two. Up now. Welcome again to Full Circle Presents Do Rags and Conversations with Dad Boy Media and David Delagrand from La Unda Bahita. For those who may not listen to our first show, let's take a stroll during memory lane and listen to this little snippet of our first show back in November of last of last year. We'll be right back. We're we, we about to take it back, 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 back. Now, it's, you know, I can honestly say I love myself. I appreciate myself. But back in those times I couldn't you know and I think that because we have more representation it's getting a little bit more better but it's still a divide within the you know the African and the Latino community absolutely there is definitely a divide and you know that reminds me of what you're talking about um the some of the words of uh, Dr. John Henry Clark who you know I'm paraphrasing but he would say you know um if you're looking for a friend look in the mirror and don't look away from the mirror until you like what you see exactly and that that resonated really deeply with me and it resonated deeply with me um and in the context of uh, talking to my talking to my family you see like my my grandfather is from belize he's from the coastlands of belize of african descent my grandmother is from the central highlands of guatemala so she's indigenous and then my father you know like you know, from guatemala también but he's like you know of that like european like you know light skin light eye you know like you know kind of look mm -hmm. and um and so you know you got all three and that's that's what they call the mestizaje and that's you know like uh that's where i come from but the thing is you know like we never talked about that you know like uh, grandfather was never around you know um he wasn't even a figure and you know it, it only dawned on me like recently All right, we are back and we are going to be talking about it. Here we are present in this day and age and it is time to bring it full circle to the present. So we're back here and this is Full Circle Presents Do-Rags and Conversations, Conversation About Colorism, Part 2, here on Pacifica's KPFA. So let's introduce our guests right now. Uh, we have Shanti Sekaran and she is a novelist educator and soon-to-be screenwriter author of lucky boy off of penguin random house and we have the wonderful dominique she is a poet an actress lord an entrepreneur <laughs> the author of soulful devotions which is out now hey ladies hello hello Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me too. <laughs> no problem. It's all good. Absolutely. And um, so before we get into this conversation, kind of introduce yourself um, in like maybe in one sentence and tell us what group or community do you identify with as far as like, you know, sex, female, whatever. Who want to go first? I'll go first. So my name is Shanti. I am California born. My parents immigrated. Um from India, from South India in the 1960s. And I grew up here. We go back to India now and then. Um, I identify as Indian American and as female. Nice. What about you, Miss Dominique? Hey, y'all. What's up? It's your girl, Dominique. Um, a little bit about myself. 
born and raised in the Bay. You already know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had my child at 17, so I was, well, I am a young parent. I was a teen parent, but I still went to college and got my degree. I wrote Soulful Devotions at a time where I was going through a lot in my life. Um, but I definitely think it got me to this point and has made me stronger. My parents, my mom is from Bakersfield and my dad's from Louisiana. My dad's Creole. So, um, yeah, it's a lot to unpack. Um, I'm looking forward to getting into this conversation. I identify as female. And yeah, for those of y'all that want to follow me, my Instagram is simply Dominique without the U. Thank you. All right. And so we're going to get into this first question and into the conversation. Um, whoever want to answer first, is there an issue in your community based on skin color? And if so, what is it? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. That's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots to unpack. Well, you know, we only got so, much, so many times, so who want to go first? Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. I mean, what if I wanted to go first? <laughs> no, you go first. I want to hear what you say. All right. Okay, okay. okay so Sorry. can you run that question again? Is there an issue in your community based on skin color? If so, what is it? I think traditionally in the African-American community, there has been a lot of issues around skin color. Um, I feel like a lot of this stems from slavery and from um, slavery, which was passed down. And a lot of it comes from like the South um, with different shades of brown. I feel like growing up, I saw it somewhat in my family. Um, I think it happens a lot though in other communities. I feel like we weren't taught to embrace darker hues. And I do think that now it's getting better as far as like media representation because there are more people of color um, that are like creators, but I think we still have a ways to go. So I would say in the South Asian community, and I'll speak specifically about the Indian and Indian American community, because that's where I come from. Um, skin color and the lightness or darkness of skin is is pervasive. It's it's um, it's a real issue, and it it's a real source of judgment and of um, you know of of degradation. Um, I think it goes back even to, you know, religious representations within Hinduism. And I can go more into that, but it, it comes from not just imperialism in, in India, but also pre-imperialism. Um, it comes from the caste system. You know, it's, it's a problem that's gone back for millennia. Wow, that's deep. Hey, thanks so much for sharing, you know, like that. And uh, I definitely want to dive in. Uh, you know, like uh, that is just catching it on the most broadest aspect that we can possibly get it. And so thank you for sharing that and giving us, uh, you know, that scope. Um, I'm also really excited to hear, you know, from your um, your respective books as well. You know, as we can, you know, as we uh, progress in the show, we can hear some 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 tidbits, some snippets from it, some excerpts from uh, from, from your presentations as well. Absolutely. And um, Alice Walker, she was kind of like the first person to kind of coin colorism. So for those who are just now tuning in, um, this is what she thinks. Uh, colorism, a term believed to be first coined in 1982 by Pulitzer Prize winner Alice Walker and was defined by her to mean the uh, preferential treatment of same race people based solely on their color. So that's what colorism back in 1982 meant to Alice uh, Walker. So yeah, we're going to transition into a little instrumental and uh, then we're going to have, I believe, Shanti go first and kind of read a little bit of her poem. All right. That, that you got from Lucky Boy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going we gonna to get into that. Radio Shack, hit that.
to kick us off right now, reading from her book Lucky Boy, uh, off of Penguin Random House Press. We got Shanti Sekaran. Take it away, Shanti. Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit of this book. Um, it centers on my one of my main characters named Kavya. And I didn't write directly about skin color or colorism in the novel, but I did write a lot about the community and the community gaze and achievement um, in the eyes of the community. So this particular passage shows us Kavya arriving at her kind of best frenemy's wedding. And I thought I'd kick off the book with an, an Indian wedding because everyone loves a good wedding. So um, this is her arriving at the wedding. In the beginning, Kavya's parents had befriended the Patels because they had little choice. The scarcity of Indians in the 1970s had propelled this north-south friendship. Preeti grew up three blocks from Kavya in a modest tree-lined neighborhood. Three blocks in India might have kept them from ever meeting, but among the Caucasian tundra of suburban Sacramento, it had felt essential that the girls be friends. Soon enough, their parents realized that they got along as well, that they shared more than nationality, and that the neutralizing effects of American soil would allow their friendship to flourish. Kavya hitched up the folds of her sari to walk over the wet grass. She wouldn't have gone except that to not go would have made a stronger statement than she was willing to make. Preeti Patel was getting married and sealing forever her victory over Kavya. Over the years, the girls had grown from playmates to rivals and begrudging friends. To be fair, it was Kavya who grudged. Preeti was endlessly gracious, completely unimpeachable in her maintenance of friendship. Preeti was infallibly interested and interesting. And if she felt superior to Kavya, she never spoke of it, never mentioned her own achievements. That was left to the mothers. And also, to be fair, there wasn't much rivalry to speak of. Rivalry suggests equality, and Preeti beat Kavya at every step in a flurry of accomplishment, beautifully and without comment. The day Kavya smoked her first spliff, Preeti won the state spelling bee. The night Kavya first let a boy's hand crawl up her blouse, Preeti won the national spelling bee. The day Kavya gave away the drum set she had failed to master, Preeti became first chair violinist of the Central Valley Youth Symphony. The week Kavya got into Berkeley, Preeti got into Berkeley. A week later, Preeti received fat envelopes from Stanford, Brown, Yale, UPenn, and Princeton. Harvard had said no, most likely a typographical error that the Patels didn't bother to pursue. When Kavya spent her weekday afternoons trying to free Tibet and bring back affirmative action, Preeti ensconced herself in the Stanford library, resting only to call her mother. When Kavya spent her weekends cocooned in Rishi's unwashed sheets, Preeti returned home to eat her mother's food. When Kavya graduated from Berkeley and became a barista, Preeti went a Fulbright and spent a year studying diabetic blindness in rural Gujarat. The year Kavya started culinary school, Preeti moved back to California with a degree in epidemiology from Johns Hopkins. The week Kavya got audited for misfiling her taxes, Preeti bought her first house, a three-story Victorian in San Francisco's Noe Valley. They were the goofus and gallant of the Central Valley Indians, and most people knew it. Wow, that was a mouthful right there. Mm. And every single word, I mean, like, I know that, you know, are, are these fictional characters, right? Are these? They're fictional characters, but right. um, I based their community a lot on my community, for better and worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I just, I, you know, I, I can definitely relate to it. You know, and I think that's the, you know, I wonder oftentimes, you know, coming up with this with this conversation, I wonder if, you know, if oftentimes I'm making things up, you know, if I'm looking too far into somebody else's like success, somebody else's like life and wondering, like, is it really some sort of privilege? Is there really some sort of, you know, like, um, you know, color, colorism type thing? Or am I just making things up? You know, mm -hmm. and and you know when you're reading that, it just brings all that all that to mind. Mm -hmm. You know, so like that's really powerful. Well, that goes into our second question: Have you guys experienced colorism in your life? <clears throat> I wouldn't say outright. I don't think I've experienced like colorism. However, I do think that 
in my life, I like for instance, I remember one time when I was in ninth grade, um, I was in Spanish class and this dark skinned, beautiful young woman was going out with this brown skinned um, guy. Like he was like my complexion. And um, they were just like, like playfully going back and forth. And I remember he told her, he was like, you're dark, like a, um, like a skillet. Like you're so dark, you look like my mom's skillet. And I looked at her and I looked at him and I couldn't even believe he said that to her. And I could see the embarrassment on her face. Um, and I knew she was embarrassed because I overheard it and they knew. But it was so weird because she was still with him. I think that a lot of times through colorism, it has taken some power away, I feel like, because it has made people, it has made women, I know, for instance, women feel like, okay, well, do I have to be lighter? Do I have to look a certain way to get this, you know? So I've experienced it from that end and also from like the media perception. What about you, Shanti? So as pervasive as colorism is in Indian society, I was fortunate in that my parents didn't really bring it home for me to experience. Um, I was never really, at least I don't remember really being talked to about the color of my skin or made to stay out of the sun. Um, the most blatant example for me was when my book was reviewed by the Times of India. It's one of their, their big newspapers. And so they printed the review and then they printed a little author photo of me. And I knew the author photo. It was my standard photo, but it had been lightened about three shades oh. by the photo editors, which was really striking and, and odd. Did you feel a certain type of way? I felt a certain way about mm. that. Um, first, I mean, I just looked, I looked sickly. I didn't look like myself. It, mm. it was really strange. You know, that's that melanin. Period. <laughs> <laughs> I need my melanin. So um, what it said to me was that, A, I'm sure there was absolutely no conversation around whether they did this. It was probably just an automatic, yeah, of course, we're going to lighten her three shades. Um, it also suggested that as an author, they couldn't possibly present me in my own skin tone. Like somehow it was impossible for them to present an author who had written a book as someone with dark skin. Mm. Wow, that's that's very powerful. And we got even more powerful stuff on the way. So we're going to go into a little short instrumental um, and then we're going to come back. And then, Dom, you got some pieces that you want to say on, from your book, Soulful Devotions. Don't be sitting up there acting shy. Yeah, I might have a few. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Radio Shack, hit that. Heard. And this is Do-Rags and Conversations. And we just having a little conversation about colorism for those who are just now uh, tuning in. Uh, we got Dominique and then we got uh, Shanti. And um, it's me and David. And uh, we're about to get into Dominique's uh, poem pieces from her book, Soulful Devotions, which is out now. So take it away, Miss Dominique. Hi, thank you, Eric, for that, you know, lovely intro. <laughs> <laughs> but my book, Soulful Devotions, is available on Amazon and also Barnes & Nobles online. In honor of International Women's Month. Hey. Okay. Say that one more Come time. On. I mean, in honor <laughs> of International Women's Month. Come on now. I mean, I was cueing y'all. Y'all supposed to be like, hey. hey. Y'all thinking, hi. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to do, like, my first poem is called Bold Woman. I feel like um, a lot of times in life as women, we get told to just, in a way, like, stay in our place or don't make too much noise. But I feel like as women, we need to own our voice and be strong and be powerful within that. Um, so that's what this piece came out of. Um, so here we go, y'all. She is fearless, driven. She hella strong. Sometimes she's scared, but you would never know it because she hides it so well. She, she persistent. She doesn't take no for an answer. She walked through the fire and still came out ahead. 
Does she have scars? Yeah, she got scars, but she wears them with honor. She takes pride in her scars and values the lessons each of them have taught her. You see, the fire thought it was going to destroy her, take all of her hopes and dreams and burn them down to ashes. The fire underestimated her power and overestimated theirs. Did not realize she is a warrior. She goes for whatever she wants. She has the power. Since God is within her, she can't fall. She remains realistic and understands her current circumstances aren't the best. But she pushes forward day after day, moment after moment. She is bold and lives her life unapologetically. Bold describes her perfectly because she lives her truth out loud regardless if you agree. Fearless? Yeah, fearless she is. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, this one is specifically talking to black women. So here we go. Being a black woman is hard. It comes with challenges you could never fully understand unless you are one. As black women, we are constantly fighting to prove ourselves. Fighting European standards of beauty, proving we are worthy and beautiful. As black women, we hardly get to make excuses. That's like a foreign language to us. All we know how to do is get the job done. We are the glue to our families and communities. We hold things together. We make sure our children eat regardless if they have a father or not. Being a black woman is powerful. We can make something out of nothing. Our spirit rises through adversity. We give our children encouragement while keeping it real at the same time. We hold power in our bodies, our words. We are beautiful. We do not know how to lose despite all the odds being stacked against us. We rise, we are bold, but most of all, we are unbreakable. Hello. Mm. Mm. Yes. That is that is powerful. Woo. Come on now, bringing that heat. Um, are there privileges based on skin color in your community? And if so, what is it? I mean, I think that beauty comes with great privileges. Beauty is a privilege, you know. And if a community perceives lighter skin to be more beautiful, then I believe you're, you're treated differently. You get treated better from childhood to adulthood. Um, so... I would say that as a general observation. That's what I've seen. Um, I think that narrative is changing. I will say, I feel like we as people of color, not just in the black community, I feel like we're having more open dialogue around this conversation. So with that open dialogue, we're like, I feel like we're all being more aware of it. Um, however, traditionally, I do think that lighter skinned women have been given some type of privilege over um, more darker hues of brown or different shades of brown just because they're seen as more beautiful. And quite honestly, if you compare them to like a darker skinned woman, they get judged a little less harshly. Um, they get passes that other like what that darker women don't necessarily get. However, I do think that narrative is changing. When you say that they kind of give um, passes to lighter skinned uh, women, what is an, an example or two? Like an example, you might have, like you'll have a gorgeous brown skinned woman or a gorgeous dark skinned woman, right? And then it's like a woman that is light skinned. And honestly, as far as like features and everything, she's not as attractive as the other women. But because her skin tone is lighter, it's automatically you look better than the other women. Um, I feel like in media, media traditionally has played a big part in that, making sure the cast looks a certain way or that it's like that token black woman, that token black girl, but she's not going to look a certain way. She's not going to be, she's not going to be dark skinned. She's going to look light skinned. She's going to have like, quote unquote, good hair. Um, I feel, but I do feel like now with more black creators, 
we are broadening what black women with women of color actually look like and showing a real representation of that. Nice. I agree. You know, I do notice that, you know, like in pop culture, right, you know, um, in like telenovelas, in, um, you know, soap operas and things like that, you know, the uh, darker skinned peoples um, and, and what I've seen, you know, in the, in the Latin culture, Latino culture um, is that, you know, the darker skinned uh, women, darker skinned men, they're always portrayed as as the help. Yes. Speak and, on it. And I'm just curious to know, you know, like, you know, with, with, with what you've seen, you know, with what you've experienced, is it is this is that similar? Is that a similar like um, thing that happens, you know, throughout the world? Speaking of Indian cinema, Indian television shows, I'm not even sure that even The Help has darker skin. Oh. I mean, I think it really, they, they really only cast people with lighter skin and darker skinned actresses tend to be more in art house films, independent films. Oh, so what's opposite? Uh, no, in, in they, I mean, everyone has light skin. Like if you look at Bollywood. Mm-hmm. So everyone from, you know, whatever social strata you're looking at, they all have light skin. It's like color people don't exist. Yeah. It's all very... So there's no color spectrum. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but when you when you get the darker skinned actresses, they tend to be more with independent film or, you know, the art house okay. films. So they're, yeah. they're typically not in Bollywood, the darker that's skin. Tri- that's okay. right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in a sense, it's a little opposite but not quite like it's a, you know when we look at uh, movies and stuff in America typically dark skinned people not all but you know typically you know they're in the you know made like you said made mm-hmm. type roles and stuff and the lighter skin are like the lead you know actresses and stuff like that but then what you're saying in India especially in Bollywood which is very big is saying that you know there's no color spectrum which I guess would be more of the opposite piece and from America. But the part that's not so opposite is that the darker skin, they don't make it to Bollywood. They make it to the independent. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. What about you, Dom? I think the two movies that come to mind is Coming to America um, with Eddie Murphy. The lighter, well, his love interest, like she was, br- like, was light skinned. However, I didn't like how they made the darker, her sister, who happened to be darker than her, they made her out to be a loose woman. Um, basically mm. like a, like, you know, someone that just lay around mm-hmm. and chase after men. And then the lighter woman was the classy one, the one who was educated, the one who had a job. Um, I didn't, that like, it's deeper than just, it's like, it's color but it's what's attached what they try to attach to these different hues of brown um and another one i would say was loving basketball even with sanaa lathan and gabrielle union i feel like they made gabrielle the fast one and i just remember watching that as a as a kid because it came out in the early i think the early 2000s mm-hmm. and i had a conversation with my brother and i was like i like sanaa because and i liked her because to me she was cool she could ball she was like she was just bad to me you know and he was like why because she lighter than gabrielle and when he said that i never thought about it like that but i'm sure there's people that watch that film who had that sort of take or who automatically just uh, assumed that she was more attractive or they liked her more because of her lighter skin. Mm. Right. Right. And you know what? Even thing- with baby dolls. Mm. Yeah, like, baby dolls. With baby dolls because, but you know what? My mom, she was very conscious of it. She would go out and buy me brown babies. Like mm-hmm. wherever she, she would not buy me any um like white white dolls. White, dolls. White, white dolls my my uh, like my grandma would like other people in my family would but she made up she made it a point to buy me brown dolls because she wanted me to play with things that look like me yes. dolls that look like me right you know right. yes please and you know um earlier earlier uh shanti i know you, you mentioned that um, that there was like a religious connotation, you know, like you know, within the um, culture. Yeah. But I remember reading the the Ramayan, mm-hmm. right? Where where the um, um, uh, Ram is like is is represented as a as a black, 
like dark, dark, dark man, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then like, um, but when I saw the movie, when I saw the cartoon, it was completely opposite. Yeah, he's basically white. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I would say that, it, like, if you look at a picture of Hindu deities, they will have basically Caucasian skin. I mean, basically like white skin, and uh, it's it's just pervasive. I think so much of colorism is um, based in what is assumed and what is not even thought about. Sort of these automatic associations and, and choices that we make. So most Hindu deities are represented as very light-skinned. Even Ram. You know, Ram in the actual Ramayana is is dark. Same Krishna is dark. You know, um... Lakshmi. Lakshmi. I mean, th- these people are Indian, or they're you know, if they had a national, if they had passports, they would be Indian. Mm-hmm. These these gods, um, and so their their skin would look, they, it would have a variety of hues, I'm sure, but that's not what you see represented. Mm. Right, right. Mm. So we're gonna have um, our final thoughts towards the end, and um, we got G1S and King Tahoe performing a new joint off their new EP. So. Stick around, don't go nowhere. And we're going to go into a little short instrumental. And so Radio Shack, hit that. y'all this is do rags and conversations a, a conversation about colorism part two with me and the homie uh david de la Grande. and um we're just talking about co- um some you know conversation about colorism and you know some effects and uh now we're getting to the last part of it so now we're go- we're getting into the solution based part of it so uh, what direction do you feel we're going in as far as a culture when it comes to this topic all right, thanks for tuning in, and there you go. You know, so so that's the question. We're going to talk about the solution at this point. You know, like where where are we looking forward to as a culture? What direction are we headed in? Okay, yeah. Um, I think I'm actually excited. I think we are headed in a good direction. I feel like even through Instagram, um, you see hashtag melanin, my melanin popping, um, brown skin girls. You know, by Beyonce, which was huge and was major. I think that the media is embracing more spectrums of brown with people of color, not just within the black community. I think with people of color, like we're being more represented. Um, I will say because there are more like black directors and more black creatives on that side, um, more of our stories are being told realistically. Like people that like more diversity. Um, I think for this next generation growing up, I think it's very, we're making good moves. Like we're making like positive strides just because we had to overcome so much. This is so, like colorism is deeply ingrained in people to the point where sometimes you don't even know that you're being a colorist. So I think to even have these conversations and push it forward um, is a great thing. Amen. You said it. Yeah, you know, Colorism is such a subconscious 
um, choice or subconscious maneuver that you have to be really conscious about combating it. So I agree, you know, popular culture, media, social media, these are all moving, I think, in the right directions. From the South Asian community, I follow Instagram accounts of um, artists who take amazingly beautiful photographs of very dark-skinned models in like the most gorgeous South Asian clothes. Um, so there are things like that coming out. Um, I really admire Mindy Kaling, who she's such she's so pop culture, she's so poppy, but she's doing some really deep stuff. You know, she's she's a woman who's South Asian. She's she's dark-skinned. She doesn't have this like traditional Hollywood stick figure thing going on um, and she's the romantic lead in everything she produces she is the beautiful one I think that's major for women that, like for not even just women but girls to see growing up yeah you know yeah. that they could be the love interest not the token best friend or not just someone that's in the movie you know the sassy girl right yeah. right yeah. right, yeah. right. right. I know that we're talking about, you know, from the female experience, but it, men also go through the same thing. You know, you, you believe it or not, you'd be surprised on how many darker skinned men um, kind of feel like they're not beautiful or they feel like they're being um, targeted. You know, if they go to a store, they feel like they're being, you know, more targeted to be followed like or to watched. be watched, yeah. racially profiled compared to a lighter skin uh, man. Um, it was interesting because me and Jason, uh, one of the group members from Group 45, we were having a conversation and he was saying that he was with a dark skin writer, male writer, but everybody flocked to him. Uh, Jason, who was lighter skin, flocked to him because they thought that he was the writer. So, and he's like, I'm just, I'm just chilling with him. This is the big dog that you want to talk to right here. So it was just like, you know, it's the same issues that women face. I mean, men face the same exact issues. Yeah. Mm. And I want to know, I want to know, like, uh, you mentioned it earlier, like about like, you know, my melanin popping, you know, stuff like that. But what other like affirmations, you know, like do, do, have you told yourself, you know, like to kind of like. To, to build up your your self-esteem and or you know build yourself up um like I, i'll say like for myself I'll, I'll i'll look in the mirror and i'll just you know kind of like not move until i you know like accept myself you know and, and for a while there it was a big struggle you know and it was just like okay you know like yeah but that's so why you know i walk around with my identity you know like um you know and i hold myself up i hold my head up high you know, to myself you know like i am beautiful yeah. you know like you know uh i can i can i have I have permission to be here. Yeah. You know, like, like this is, uh, you know, just as much as anybody else. Yeah. Right. So, those are just some things I say to myself. Yeah. I think the tongue is, well, I don't just think I know. The tongue is powerful. So, we want to watch what we say to ourselves and others. I feel like I've been on this journey and I think that being on this journey, I've become more comfortable in my skin. I've become more comfortable with my skin as a woman, as a black woman. I think that like because I'm an actress, seeing more brown skinned women, more dark skinned women have like the roles that I want to go out for and just being more like giving more exposure, I think is a beautiful thing. And I think helps myself and other women and other girls that's behind them, like just seeing like, okay, I can be up there because they're up there too. I can be confident, you know, I am beautiful. Um, and here's another thing. God made us all and he made us all different shades, you know? I don't feel like one shade is better than the other. But I think these conversations are pushing that agenda forward to basically disseminate this argument about, okay, this this is better than this, you know? So I had to, growing up as a child, you know, really combat the fact that for a lot of my life growing up in mostly white Sacramento, I wasn't seen, I was erased, I wasn't like considered one of the automatically beautiful children or automatically beautiful teenagers. Um, so I had to see the beauty in myself, you know, I had to do that for myself because I wasn't getting it from the outside world. So I learned to do that. And now that I'm all grown up, you know, I, I care more about how I feel. I look good when I feel good. Mm -hmm. That's true. Can I just say this too? 
I feel so inspired. I feel because, you know, my the rappers I follow, like Meg The Stallion, Cash Doll, um, even actresses, Tika Sumner, just different um, women, different shades of um, brown. So I definitely feel inspired because I know if they can be mainstream and be popping, then we all can be popping. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. And this concludes to the um, the, the last part of, of this part two of the conversation of colorism. So ladies, uh, where can we find y'all? Like, uh, is y'all on social media? Uh, you know, is y'all on Barnes and Nobles? Uh, where, uh, shout out that Instagram, that social media. My book is called Soulful Devotions and you can find me on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, honey, Barnes and Nobles online. And then if you on IG, you can find me at Simply Dominique. It's going to be Simply D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-E. I couldn't put the U in because, you know, Dominique is just a common name. So I had to work with I got to work with. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Okay. All right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So, Lucky Boy, you can find on Amazon, but really, I'd love for you to go to your independent bookstores and support them. Um, my website is shantisacred.com, and I have like a Facebook page and an Instagram page and a Twitter page. No one reacts to anything I say on Twitter, but hey, that's okay. I, I feel you on that, too. <laughs> Twitter be so dry. That's why I'd be like, I don't even waste my time on Twitter's Twitter. Twitter's like high school. Uh, oh, all right. <laughs> so, go off. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies. Thank you, ladies, for coming on and just sharing your experiences, your your thoughts on this uh, on this very broad and sensitive uh, topic. Um, hopefully, we can continue to have conversations in the future on this particular topic. And I encourage everyone out there to have this conversation, have the conversation with your kids, your husband, your wife, your friend, whoever you know. Have these conversations, stranger. Right. Just have these conversations so we can we can get to a good place. So we don't even have to say the word colorism anymore. That's you right. Know, but that's I'm, right. you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just throwing that hope out there. Mm-hmm. Any last I'm words? <laughs> Any last words? Oh, thanks for having this conversation. I think it's really important. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, go ahead. Um, I just want to say thank you for having us. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for helping push this conversation forward. Um, I hope that this has been very impactful for those listening. Thank you so much, right ladies. On. And so we're going to go into a little uh, one-minute instrumental uh, break. And then we got G1S and King Tahoe performing a new joint. So we're going to get into this thing. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. All right. I love it when I'm down. somehow I'm still around. They smile when I'm brown. Just want to make my angels proud. Can't you see that I'm focused? I'm going to show them where they go. y'all this is do rags and conversations a conversation about uh colorism part two and the moment that i've been waiting for y'all probably waiting for we got the homie g1s and king tahoe they performing a new joint called hold it down and uh it's off their new ep and then we're gonna have a little conversation with them afterwards so fellas take it away and um i'm juice i'm hype let's go yeah Down. 
of the Thursday, getting this cake like it's my birthday. Yeah. Uh, surviving my birthplace in my worst ways, cut my first case though. Vacation for six, it's time that I miss. Focus, remember them days I was hopeless. Same close hope, no one would notice. Flip a zip, then cop the fit. Now look who the coldest. Small time for a young mind, but I never smoked it. All profit, fell in love with the hustle, trying to feed my pockets. Couldn't stop it, watch how I switch directions. Watch when I win off these investments. The ones that daddy gon' come asking questions. Behind closed doors, they steady talking, but it's love in public. They hate to love it, I'm so used to it, think nothing of it. Like, go to your trip, I'm cool off you miss, I'm focused on minding my bitch. And I'm down, yeah. but somehow I'm still around. And they smile when I'm frowning, but somehow I'm still around. I'ma show them where they went wrong I'ma go in on every song for the hope Cause my faith is strong That's all on Yeah. I'ma hold it down Down, down, down in Bitcoin, turn to the max, getting these racks, and everybody's so scared to join. I'm just trying to get my bands up, grind a hundred different ways. Yeah, I ain't worried about no panda. I'm just trying to get paid. Hold up, Honda, let me finish. Life is private, yeah, mind your business. If the famine trouble be there in a minute, so I roll alone, won't be no witness. Got the windows tinted, they so timid when I roll through. Got a plan to bubble, got to execute. And new, I'm so focused right now, I can't. Fingertips turning money blue, and all the you talk ain't true. Me, the crew, we steady making moves. Don't with me, I'm really next. In the mood, cruise through life, right. let loose right. tonight. Right. We do right. it right. right, we cool, we fight. Nah, probably never change. Uh, uh real partners stay the same. Yeah, you already know my aim. Yeah, MTM, that's game. Yeah, yeah. I fuck with my partner away. The love you be giving is all fake. You going about it the wrong way. Yeah. I lay your ass down they in the They love you in the Somehow I'm still around. Uh, they smile when I'm frown. Wanna make my angels proud No, no, no Can't you see that I'm focused I'ma show them where they went wrong I'ma go in on every song That's on me I'ma hold it down, down, down Down, down, down No, no, no G1S, King Tahoe Yee! Yasersky Hold it down Right, that was a G1S and King Tahoe, and they just performed their new song "Hold It Down" exclusively on Do Rags and Conversations. Uh, welcome, fellas. So, uh, how did this uh, project come together? Uh, unexpectedly, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the name of the EP, right? Yes, yes, sir. Um, I actually was just dropping some music, and then I realized that I had like two songs with Tahoe already. And so I was just like, man, I need to start dropping some music. That's the only music I had at the time. So I hit a Tahoe, like, hey, you trying to knock out one more and then drop an EP? He was like, let's do it. And I was just like, it's unexpected, so let's just name it unexpected because we didn't plan on it. It was like, literally, I thought about it. Next day, I hit him up and had it done within a week. We did a song for the homegirl, Sneakerhead. She in the building right now. Shout out, Sneakerhead. Shout out we did a song for one of her events. You know, it turned out real cool. We did another one just seeing how the sound went and we liked how it sounded like we were putting a cool sound together and like why not do one more and you know make it an ep yes sir yeah how many how many songs are on the ep three three okay yeah sometimes that's the best way to make music happen yeah. that's when all the you know the magic you know happens right yeah, absolutely. you just start riding that wave right absolutely you know? yeah and it sounds really cool you know you. yeah we're enjoying that right now we appreciate that well, absolutely. uh what's your favorite song on the ep Hmm. Melodic is mine. Honestly, I kind of like them all. <laughs> Man, but Hold It Down been like just getting a lot of love lately. So I, I really like it. But also Melodic is like, it's Melodic's the number one played song from our EP on all streaming platforms. Oh, right? for real? Yeah. Oh, so it's doing pretty good yeah, then. Yeah, it's actually doing the best in numbers. Well, okay. Yeah. And y'all dropped that on when? March 5th, right? Yep. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, any tours? Any uh, any performances coming? Man, out? man, uh, it's, it's not too much going on right now with the coronavirus. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah everything true. is canceled. So uh, I'm gonna be touring the crib. 
What? <laughs> you know? I'm right there with him. Let's see if I find new rooms. Well, good time to be more creative, right? You know, yeah. and to be, you know, like uh, creating more music and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, uh, is is there more collaboration coming in the mix? You know, like coming in the in yeah. the works? Yeah, we were just talking about it. Uh, we might put some stuff out soon. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna put some more stuff together. But as of right now, we're both kind of just working on our own stuff. He. Go ahead. He just dropped the album this morning. Oh, right. for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, shout that plug out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, King Tahoe threesome mixtape out right now. Nine songs everywhere. All streaming platforms. Go check that out. The song that y'all just performed, Hold It Down, it, it kind of gives it that 2000s feel. Was it? Was that kind of like the, the vibe that y'all was kind of going for? Because it doesn't sound this trap inspired, but this mm-hmm. sounds really like melodic. This sounds really like... Like an old school throwback type feel. Was that the kind of feel that y'all was going towards? Well, once I this is that's like this is my pocket right here. This kind of music, like mm-hmm. that's what I like to do. And I heard the song and I was just like, man, this sounds so dope. And I started writing to it and it had a soulful feel. So of course I knew. You I mean he got the the vocals? So oh, I just yeah. said I knew he was gonna be perfect. Went ahead. And oh yeah. He killed that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we it was like that's just kind of when you hear my music. That's the kind of vibes you're gonna get period anyways and of course because I grew up in that, that yeah, era yeah. Music. man that was the best yeah. music yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah shout that uh, shout that Instagram and uh, tell us where we can uh, purchase this project at you can find it all streaming platforms iTunes Apple Music Spotify SoundCloud uh, Amazon yeah you know uh, TikTok yeah. <laughs> you dig hey TikTok uh, is becoming real popular so. absolutely so you know everywhere you might have somebody trying to sing your little hook or something <laughs> hopefully that's you know that's the goal we got merch on the way too merch yes. definitely coming soon uh, my Instagrams this is G1S T-H-I-S-I-Z G1S um yeah, go ahead, follow me. Uh, new, a lot of new music dropping. Actually, starting April second, okay. I'll be releasing a song every single Thursday till the end of July. So Woo! a lot of music coming uh, starting in April. That's that's some big boss yeah. moves right there. About okay. S- I'll be in your ears for the next three months. Oh, absolutely. You definitely going to get some rotation on Durags and Conversations. I can Say believe that. that. <laughs> uh, well, thank y'all fellas for coming through and performing. We appreciate y'all for coming through. Thank you for having us. Y'all did that. And uh, much success and much love to y'all, for real. Appreciate, you. appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I have been your host, That Boy Media. All right. And I've been your other co-host, David Lagran. I want to say thank you to Miss M. Uh... Uh, she's the executive producer. Thank you to uh, Frank, the technical uh, director. Enjoy more of the consultant. And uh, thank you to our, our guests, uh, Shanti, mm-hmm. Zacharon, and uh, Dominique for you know just coming through and having some good conversation on colorism. And um, if you want to follow more than what I do, um, you can follow me on Instagram, that boy Media Production. Um, yeah, thanks to Radio Radio Shack on the board. You know, thanks to Ephraim who comes in and films the show. You know, yes, sir. He come every time. I can count on him. So thank you, brother, for coming through. And you yeah. know, thanks, thanks to everybody who listened. You know, and if you couldn't listen, you can catch all our shows at kpfaapprentice.org and on SoundCloud. So check that out. Yeah. So have a good night, everybody. Peace. Up next, La Onda Bajita. Yeah.